don't give a gun damn who you are. This is America, Jack. Now you say one more word about Lisa here, and I'm gonna break my foot off in your royal ass. everybody welcome back this is uh, episode 193 of gundam and mhq and this is going to be uh, kind of a hallmark kind of one of those uh defining episodes of this podcast because uh this is going to be one of the last this is actually the last is this the last one or the last one before chris goes this, this is, is the last one. one this is the last one yeah and um so yeah, this is uh, this is going to be it. Where Chris is a regular host. Of course, he's going to be coming back, um, you know, in the future, as as he sees fit, and you know, as 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 we you know as we invite him. But yeah, this is uh, Mr. Guache's last um, uh, episode of Gundam MHQ as a as a you know a regular host. So um, you know, I'm Neo. Of course, I'm jo- joined here by Soulbro and uh, Chris. I guess uh, one last yo or what's up or however you want to do it. <laughs> All the different ways when he said, Chris, say hello. I'm going to go with yo. <laughs> Back to square and, one. <laughs> and in this episode, uh, we're going to be doing a couple of little things. We're going to have a quick discussion topic. Um, actually, a listener submitted uh, topic. Uh, we haven't done one of those in a long time. And. You know, a lot of it was because we had to catch up on a lot of reviews because there seemed to be so much mecha anime that had come out in these last couple of years or so. So, um, yeah, this one's actually going to be coming from Poster Mulaflaga, and it's going to be alien life forms of a non-human type in mecha anime. So we'll just kind of throw that that discussion topic around, uh, and then we'll have a little section about reminiscing about the show all. 193 regular episodes, and I don't know how many specials, Sobro. It's probably, what, about 20 <laughs> or 30 of them? Yeah, I think so, over 30, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think one day we need to compute how many hours of goddamn <laughs> there actually you, is. You probably don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> there's, some, there's some things that are better off Not being known. left unknown. <laughs> I'm sure someone will tell us. <laughs> Be like, I've wasted how much of my life on this? Four hours of reviews of Code Geass. <laughs> how many years of my life? <laughs> yeah, that is kind of one of those things. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, and then Chris is going to have one last mailbag. So, um, guys, anything as I saunter over to the Larry King Memorial News Studio? You are the king. You are the king. To do some uh, Neo's listener submitted news. No, I'm excited to hear what. What, what you got, man, or what Larry King has delivered to you. All right. Well, uh, the first one here we got from a uh, Philly Gundam fan, and it looks like, oh, Chris, man, mark your calendar on this one. Uh, 
Gundam Unicorn Complete OVA set to be released on March 6th of 2018. So, uh, looks like it's going to be about $42 for the Blu-ray and $32 Which is for the DVD set. Ridiculous to think that you can have all seven episodes for $45 when a single were- episode would cost about $50. Mm. Ooh. That's I, nice. uh, I have my original Blu-rays, and I'm not going to get rid of them, but great for anyone who's been holding out until yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, get, I, get I get to see the Jew egg at a discounted price. There so, um, Mr. Philly Gundam fan has uh, the links and to write stuff anime for you to click on there and do your pre-orders. So, um, yeah. The, uh, the Adventures of Old Banana. Yeah, and this is going to include all the previous special features contained in the original releases. So, don't think that this is a stripped-down version. I mean, that's the only drive Chris even crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if they didn't have those versions, then you'd be like, "Well, you know, at least I have all these special features." No, <laughs> they're really not that great. I mean, the the special yeah. features on Unicorn were pretty crappy. Damn. Yeah, they were just kind of. We have special features just to have special features. So pretty much. I was not impressed by any of the special features of Unicorn. I remember seeing the ones in the first step and the first disc, and yeah, I I was like, why bother? Especially since a lot of them were annoying. Uh, BD Live, that just what I I'm not a fan of BD Live. Yeah, they don't do that too much anymore, do they? BD Live, it's, I don't see that. It's clunky and oh. pain in the ass. Yeah, because you sit there, and if you haven't watched that DV or that Blu-ray in a while, it takes forever for it to update to get the new content. It's like. Wait, what? So, uh, thank nice you. Nice idea. Uh, questionable execution. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, oh, Mr. Philly Gundam fan comes back with another submission here. And uh, me and Solbro, uh, we saw this last no- or uh, two days ago when we mm-hmm. did our uh, stream of 08th MS team, what the, the one year war- run back. And uh, we, we ended with uh, the episode five of Gundam Build Fighters Epilogue, which states at the end of it, next, next battle project is ready to appear on February 2nd, 2018. So, uh, like he says here, Philly Gundam fan says it's either a premiere date or announcement date. So, we'll, I'm we'll thinking what... announcement date. Yeah, probably. It'll be the usually... news of the news. Because usually the new Gundam shows come out in October, right? That's been the pattern ever since yeah. they yeah. used to come out in April, cool. and that's the way it was from the original series all the way up to Turn A Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> and then for whatever reason, uh, ever since C, they just switched it to October. I mean, yeah. there have been some exceptions to the rule, but it's usually in a year where we have two Gundam series in the same year, then we'll get one at an earlier time. But Not really. They've, <laughs> uh, G-Reco and Tri both started like within a week of each other. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Dang, I totally They're forgot. Both airing simultaneously. Oh, who were yeah. they thinking? <laughs> they, they were mad. They were thinking they were... that G-Reco is a piece of junk and we got to have something to take the uh, edge off. respectable to pass off. Yeah. That's what they were thinking. Because they, uh, they sat there and they're like, oh, thanks, Mr. Tomino. Uh, and then they, you, Sorry, you can go now. <laughs> you can go now. Oh, crap. This is not as good as we thought. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, move up, try from... Um, from March to April or October the previous year. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thank you, Mr. Philly Gundam fan, for your submission. Oh, the next one here comes from Vent Noir. 
And he's got a list here, and it says, Super Robot Wars X was announced. The English subtitle version release is planned for Asia, and uh, it's got a list of the new series. And ironically, Gundam uh, G-Reco is going to be a new series in Robot Wars X. Uh, Buddy Complex, Body Complex, Into the Skies of Tomorrow. Nadia, The Secret of Blue Water. What? Masha and Edu Wataro. Yo, and of Nadia? Course, oh, yeah. shit. Wait, are there robots in Nadia? There's battleships, at least. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's, there's the... Uh, there's <laughs> there's um, uh, Nemo's ship, you know, the... Uh, oh, my God, what's it called? Um, Nautilus. The Nautilus. But, uh, yeah. wow, I never... Wow, that's amazing. That's cool. I will I uh, note, though, the title is not actually X. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it means cross. Oh, cross! Sorry. In Japan, they love to use X to mean cross. Yeah, mm. and in this case, it's uh, a reference to you know this like weird. It's like a weird fantasy world, and you have all of these uh, mecha series crossing over into this weird fantasy world. So that's what it signifies. It's like uh, Street Fighter cross Tekken, even though it's yeah. written with an X, for example. So yeah. I don't know why they like doing that, but they do. Okay, well, thanks for letting us know that. And, of course, the returning series are going to be Mazen Kaiser, Mazen Kaiser Edition Z, nice. The Impact, Shin Mazen, Mazen Zero vs. Akikoko, Dashi Shogun, or Battler Dunbine, the new story of our Battler Dunbine, Cross Ange, uh, Shars Counterattack, Shars Counterattack, Beltor Chica's Children, nice. um, Die Train 3, F91, Kogius, Lelouch the Revolution, Rebellion, I mean, uh, Double Zeta, Zeta, Gurren Lagan, Gurren Lagan the Movie, mm. The Brave Might, The Brave Express Might Gain, Crossbone Gundam Steel 7, and Endless Walls Gundam Wing. So, um, yeah, sounds like, uh, sounds like some pretty cool stuff. So, I got, I got dibs on Clem, Clem Clam, the guy, because I can poop in my, no. I can poop in my mobile suit. <laughs> Of course, uh, also worth mentioning that um, they're continuing with the pattern of putting out English subtitles for Southeast Asia that can be easily imported yeah. and yeah. played since uh, the PS4 is region-free. Yeah, uh, they, did this, they did the same thing with uh, Super Robot Wars V. Yeah, I need to order that. I've been meaning. It's been on my my wish list for the longest while. I need to just grab that on my own because I've been wanting to play through an SRW game for the longest. And now this one's coming out too. Uh, the uh, the prepare for this release when it does come out. So um, yeah, so that seems to be some good stuff there. So thank you, Mister Vent Noir, for your submission, and thank you everybody for all your submissions. It was definitely some light news, but um, this is a big episode, so we can't spend too much on on this news because we we got to get through to the real meat of the matter. Oh. And that's these uh, these uh, these alien alien life forms of non-human types in mecha anime. So um, I guess Chris, uh, in- introduce it and maybe give us a little. Uh, a little send-off uh, one last time here as a, as a regular host. So we haven't done a topic in a long time because we've been doing lots of reviews. And I figured we should do that one last time since that was so much of what we used to do. Yeah. Of doing them in tandem. Remember when we used to do three topics in an episode? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we would start recording them Sundays at 5 p.m. <laughs> oh, hold on. That, that's the next topic we're doing. That's reminiscing about the show, yeah. Chris. So just, just hold that thought. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, we're only having two topics, so uh, still cutting back, but uh, from the topic submission thread that we've pulled so many great ideas from over these last ten years, uh, we have one from longtime listener Mula Flaga talking about uh, alien life forms of the non-human type in mecha anime. So he lists quite a few examples from shows that we've talked about. The uh, Hideyaos from Gargantia, the Vajra from Macross Frontier, the Ghana from Knights of Sidonia, the Els from Gundam 00, um, the Beta from Muvlove, and the Festum from Fafter. He says, it's always interesting to see the heroes deal with aliens they can't communicate or easily relate to. I would love to hear your thoughts on this sometime and any others you come up with from Moo. And that's all of them. <laughs> I'm messing with Not you. quite, but almost. Um, <laughs> so, so, guys, what, what do you think about uh, the idea of the incommute, the... Um, the indecipherable, the unrelatable, non-humanoid alien that's not of the Star Wars or Star Trek variety. Um, what do you think of the different depictions of them, and how do you think that they impact the story? I'll start with uh, Solbro, and use whatever examples you want, whether it's any of the ones I just mentioned or mm-hmm. any others that come to mind. And we don't have to stick to just anime. We can throw in stuff like Pacific Rim as well and that is actually on my list but um just my overall thought on it is that in most cases that we see it it's terrifying like absolutely terrifying because there's no reasoning with uh creatures you can't communicate with and they usually have the upper hand and they come and it's a full-on invasion and they bestow powers and abilities you can't even begin to understand and they're laying waste to everything in sight and you basically are on the back foot the entire time it's war of the worlds basically and you're waiting to find that one weakness that they have to take them out. There's usually no negotiations. There's rare cases like in Double O where mankind finds a common ground with the alien and is able to find a bond. And I think that's cool that that was what the whole series is building up to. But then you got cases like uh, the Festum and Fafner. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is some scary shit. Like that To me, when I watch Fafner, I am on edge the entire time because it's a horror story. The things that those aliens do to people, you know, the yep. fact that mankind is practically almost wiped out, um, you know, it's, it's... Or the, uh, we could even mention the angels from that one show, or the the blue from Blue Gender. Yes, Yeah, I was going to say the blue from Blue Gender, because... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, for the most part, when they do this, it's usually a War of the world scenario, and it's interesting to see that. I, I do prefer to see, uh series where the aliens are more sentient and they can communicate and whatnot maybe because i was raised on star trek or whatnot but i do have a a soft spot in my heart for the war of the world scenario because i do enjoy that book and uh, i do like certain adaptations of that story in film as well so when you see it in anime I, i they always usually take a interesting slant on the topic uh, one of my favorites is in uh, Argento Soma with these mysterious metallic aliens that touch down. They're humanoid in shape, but they're huge. They're gigantic. And as soon as they see something moving, they shoot at a laser out of their eyeballs to destroy it instantaneously. Like, there's next to no survival. Mankind is getting destroyed left and right. Sounds like um, the, the laser type 
uh, betas. Yes, from yeah. I would say that there's there's somewhat similar mm-hmm. there in the show. They end up cobbling together a Frankenstein version of one of the aliens in order to use it as a weapon against mankind. They also have mechs as well. And then there's a whole other story that's in the background about this guy who had to assume another identity. All this cool shit. It's a, a lot of it's based on Shakespeare. So if you've never watched Argento Soma, I highly recommend it. But the aliens in that shit are absolutely terrifying, and the things they do. It's, it's just absolutely fucked up. But um, uh, there was no, really, there was li- ne- little to no communication with them until towards the end of the series. Up until that point, they were just basically in a fight for survival the whole time. And um, that's what I usually see, man. Uh, it's a great plot device. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> when you have to have a, a ragtag group of people go up against these aliens. But, um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll toss it to one of you guys to get your viewpoint on that. You probably guys probably have a a lot better examples to use as well. So my thing about uh, the unrelatable alien is it can be done very well, mm-hmm. but it can also be done in kind of a tiresome, repetitive way, depending on the way the alien is used and the extent to which they're used. Oh yeah, I think one of the best examples uh, for both, even though it's still uh, much maligned and controversial, is the Double O movie mm-hmm. because. For one, the elves are just completely terrifying yes. as these liquid metal things that just touch and absorb everything. They're kind of like a zombie in that you zombie know, Terminator. You attack them with all these uh, mobile suits and mobile armors and ships, and then they touch them and turn them against you and make these copies. Mm-hmm. And you can't speak to them, and they're just big spiky things that come at everything. And it takes Setsuna uh, using some super coordinator skills and basically uh, sort of giving up his body and his humanity to be able to make peaceful contact with them. So, you know, I like that, one, they were not evil, but two, they were just so alien that they really did require understanding capital U in the way that Aeolia Schenberg really intended. Yeah. And that, you know, it's the culmination of his whole plan of creating um, innovators to uh, be able to be those intermediaries rather than would-be conquerors the way that Ribbons was. Yeah. Ribbons literally lost the plot. (laughs) I think I might have said coordinator earlier by mistake. Yeah, if I did. It's like my my brain Innovator. is. Uh, it, yeah, it's all right. I mean, there's so many. There's so many different uh, different so ar- many humans or, or, to order. keep track of. Yeah, cybernetic new type. <laughs> so, I think it works very well there. I think it also works because of the fact that it's only a two hour movie. The problem with the unrelatable alien to me is when it's used in a TV show of like 25 to 50 episodes, mm-hmm. a TV show um, is only as good as its protagonists and its antagonists. I mean, just think think of the original Gundam without Char. Yeah, sucks. That, that would be a much diminished show. Yeah, absolutely. And nowhere near the classic that it is. And the problem with a faceless enemy is precisely that. It's a faceless enemy, and it just... It just gets kind of tiresome seeing um, the heroes just fighting monsters repeatedly 
uh, in a never-ending onslaught, mm-hmm. which sometimes is the point of the story, like in Muvlove, that these people are just worn down because these aliens are an unstoppable horde and they're just barely holding on and yeah. these people are like always cracking under the pressure. It's, yeah. it's kind of like the same problem that The Walking Dead is facing. Or has faced over the couple of years. You have this. Yeah, it's like this... how many asshole humans can <laughs> you introduce yes, before it starts? Yeah. yeah, and before the premise gets old and stale, and uh, you know you just don't find it to be compelling to watch anymore because there wasn't a constant state of uh of of, of danger. You you need more things there. Your 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 antagonist also needs d- layers of dimension, and you need to be able to relate to them in some way, shape, or form, or at least have some kind of character to to bounce off of. With them. Or um, in a completely unrelated genre, the last season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer had this problem of the faceless enemy, the first evil, mm. who was everywhere and nowhere, and they eventually had to kind of correct that by bringing in Nathan Fillion to be kind of the avatar. Oh, I see. Of wow. that villain. Because that's how you you need to have someone the heroes can stand against other than monsters but again it depends how they're using the stories uh one series that i want to mention that i liked a lot that is very obscure for the most part is um die guard yes thank mm. you yeah. this is the super robot show where the robot is constantly constrained by uh insurance adjusters <laughs> who complain about how much destruction it causes mm-hmm and they deal with these interdimensional monsters called heterodynes. Thank you. And there's no evil villain. There's no plot. There's just these monsters that appear. And the approach that Digard takes that I like is that it treats the alien monsters as sort of just like natural disasters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason to what they do they just appear they wreck shit you gotta fight them you kill it the next one comes same as if you know you're out in the forest and like you have wolves attacking your sheep you just gotta deal with these things and move on exactly yeah i mean if anything you might find it reminiscent to pacific rim if you've never seen die guard before it's it's a bit more comedic than say Pacific Rim would be, but it's the same. Definitely thing. a lot more comedic. Yeah, it's a lot more comedic, but uh, it's also a very interesting premise. And um, if you guys just think Office Space meets Pacific Rim, and you have off you have Die Guard full on, kind of, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so in some shows, like it just gets tiresome of the the, the onslaught of the monsters mm-hmm. and not having a villain who's talking and planning and plotting. So it really depends how you use the alien and to what extent. Even look at um at Evangelion. Mm-hmm. They spent yeah. the entire series finding these uh angels and then in the end the final one was Kaoru, who was a human. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's there's another example. So uh, I'll turn it over to Nia. What are some of your thoughts on the faceless non-human alien? Well, I, I have to agree with you that you sometimes it has to be done well because you do, as the viewer, sometimes we need to know a little bit of the motivation of the antagonist and when they're just constantly... Um, you know, going uh, there. There's no point of reference for us if it's not done well. It does start to get repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that you brought up, Blue Gender, really sticks out at me um, because that's the one where you have this this guy that wakes up and it's like he 
he was put in like suspended animation because he had a sickness and then he wakes up and the you know the world was okay when he went to sleep and then he wakes up and that was compelling because you know it was this guy that was kind of out of place thrown into this world um that he knows nothing about and then you get to see um the uh you know the the last of humanity to go against these blues which are like these kind of insectanoid kind of creatures that um just kill everything in sight and then you find out towards the end that you know what makes it the inter- interesting there is um the disease that he was put in suspended animation for is the basis of uh the blues because i guess that people started becoming these things so um yeah so I, I did like the way that the L's were done, um, you know, that that definitely was, um, you know, because it is scary. And, you know, there, there's and it's always interesting to see how, um, especially when you get the flashbacks, when you find out when these first come up, like you always they always touch about the hubris of man in our technology, thinking that we can do whatever you know with it and we can defeat anything and sometimes we go a little bit too hell-bent and we you know a lot of times uh, man's uh, destruction because of these uh, aliens is because man is stupid because you have people in there that just figure out you know instead of sitting back sometimes and go what are why are these things uh doing what they're doing um or is there a way to communicate with them you kind know, of like also uh, the same idea in Gargantia where yeah. when you discover that the Hideous are actually freaky humans, humans who went all transhumanist with the genetic experimentation and turned themselves into weird monsters. Oh, yeah. and, and, and that's the other thing is a lot, like you said, Gargantia, it's a cautionary tale. You know, and 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 that's that's what's kind of nice about some of these shows too is they they put this thing in here, you know, of like this cautionary tale of like, okay, maybe we shouldn't do certain things, maybe we should control pollution or genetic modifications, or you know, a, a lot of different things, and um, you know, it 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 is the depiction and the thing that you always see is. There always seems to be the fight first mentality of the humans against the non-humans. It always seems like there's a little bit more um, when you have the human uh, uh, antagonists. Um, you know, there always seems to be quicker to a, a basis, uh, un- unless it's you know, unless it's like the Vajra. You know, they start getting affected by the by song, which I mean is is a staple of Macross, but. Um, you know, I, I think, like Solbro said, the, the state of fear that you get is uh, is always very interesting. And, and the fact that uh, it shows what humanity will do to themselves to try to um, defeat these things. Like, you know, like Fafner. I mean, they're taking these children and putting them through these horrible, into the, you know, these machines that just were just horrible to them and sending them out to fight. And, you know, um, and, and a lot of times getting brutally killed, uh, you know, just just to defeat the festum and stuff. Yeah, watching and, that show is uh, like watching a slasher film for real. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, as as the cast slowly gets picked off uh, in very terrible ways by these aliens, uh, and and that 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 goes to show that some of these shows do work off of the just the the well developed casts that are in the at the center of the show and uh just following their journey in that does make the show work overall it's just that my preference is i'd rather have aliens that actually speak 
<laughs> and, and can converse with the uh, with 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 the protagonist, and you know the, the possibility of middle ground in some way, shape, or form. But um, it's, it's well, wouldn't 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 um wouldn't the um uh, another it's it's example outside of mech or outside of mech and outside of anime, but mm-hmm. definitely something that people know is um the Borg from uh, Star Trek. Yeah. I mean. They were terrifying at the beginning, but then I know towards the end they ran into the same type of situation with them. It's like after a while, it's it's hard to have this faceless entity. And then I guess you know they tried to put like an entity in there that was like what a queen or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, because because I felt when you see those early sh- the early introductions of the Borg, outside of how goofy the makeup and stuff looked, they were they were a truly terrifying. Um, enemy because you know here's here's uh, the federation especially starfleet you know they're always going to sit there we're always going to do diplomacy first and you got you know they finally have um an enemy that's like yeah uh, screw diplomacy we're, we're just you know we're just gonna give you a, a looped response and then come in and, and and destroy you and um i mean that shook up star trek a lot i mean because it was nice to finally see um you know uh, an alien that was uh, that didn't have like any ulterior motives. They just were like, "We're just going to assimilate you." <laughs> That's it. So but, everybody uh, gets recycled. <laughs> and the, and the fact that anybody could become them, I think that's also because that's almost like the zombie thing. It's it's mm-hmm. you know it's a situation of eventually if you get too close to these things, you're going to become what they are. Exactly. Because um, they were like cybernetic zombies almost, right? I mean, they would just take over life forms just to assimilate people to gain minions and stuff like that. But Turn people um, into drones for the most part. So, back to you, Chris. I would also say that kind of a corollary to my earlier statement that a show is as much its protagonist as it is antagonist that if you're going to have the faceless, unrelatable alien and not have uh, a defined antagonist, then to compensate for that, your protagonists have to be really interesting yes. yeah. and kind of pull the extra weight. Mm-hmm. And if um, your main cast isn't as interesting, then that can make the show kind of drag. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> Which uh, sometimes is uh, kind of the issue in Knights of Sidonia, especially season two, when it's just like all weird with uh, Space Penis Chan. That's yeah. right. Oh my god. <laughs> I, do fi- I, I, I do find that the common thing I notice with all of the um, animes with um, non with alien, non-human alien life forms, mm-hmm. they're very violent. Like, they all have that common denominator of, like, extreme violence. Like, and, yes. you know... With blue gender thing- and Muvlov taking it to the, to the extreme. Ooh, I mean, and, 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 you know, I don't have a problem with violence, but it just seems like it's just ramped up to a, a, a higher degree with that. Um, because, you, I mean, we, we see the horrors of war and Gundam and it's a lot of these other shows, but just the, you know, because almost it seems like sometimes it's almost like snuff films, it, you know, it's, a, it's just because sometimes these people will be kind of just, you know, just, um, you know, ripped apart or, you know, things like that. It's, it's, it, that's a common theme in, in 
all of these uh, these these shows like this. It's just very very violent, and uh, and even seeing and even with um, taking the hum, you know the human um, the human characters, then they see this violence. It kind of pushes them to the end. And that's also what makes it kind of... That's where you were saying that whole thing about making the protagonist um, interesting because sometimes you have that fatal thing of where these people end up becoming bloodthirsty themselves and they just lose... Um, they, you lose any real interest to in them because it's almost like they lose their humanity yeah. because of everything that's going on in there. Yeah, which is definitely a theme of Muv Love that you know, these yeah. people are also being thrown out there and they're just disposable meat. Yeah. against the betas. Yeah. Um, I also want to give special attention to Gargantia because, in a way, it kind of sidesteps all of this because the faceless alien who turns out to be human, they're kind of in the background. They're not, they're not the main threat. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it is Leto's journey of trying to become more human because he lost his humanity, and we saw that very mm-hmm. point of the humans who are not on Earth, that they get rid of messed up kids who have disabilities, who are not helpful to the war effort. They send them out there to fight. They're trained just for this. It's like, in a way, the you know, the humans, the real humans of Gargantia are almost as much of a non-human entity as the Hideous that they're fighting. Yeah. So Gargantia really is an interesting take on that point that you're mentioning and showing Leto's journey to becoming more human and dealing with things like pirates or that mm-hmm. weirdo cult involving <laughs> his old commander yep. and the faceless alien. Yeah, they fight them, but it's not the main focus, right? Yeah, kind of like a, a side. They're like a side, uh, side objective for the most part in that series. And I'm, you know, just talking about that show and thinking about how much I liked it, and and when we talked about it years ago, just makes me all the more sad that season two was canceled and we'll never know yeah. what it could have been. That was depressing to find out about too, because we all really wanted to see it. As much charm as that show has, is definitely one of the one of the highest ones I would recommend in this in this type of genre uh, to watch. Um, so, something also should be mentioned for there's two shows I can think of where it starts off making you think that the enemy is a faceless enemy and you find out that they're not a faceless alien race and they found out that they're not. One of them is a show that we kind of land based on this uh, in our reviews and that is uh, Gundam Age with the uh, what was it, the the vegans. The vegans. <laughs> we didn't know quite yep. what the vegans were when the series started and then you slowly start to unravel that yeah there were humans that were uh, that 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 separated from uh, Earth and went to uh, went to what's it uh, I guess Mars. And uh, uh, things went south. Um, but the other one, and it's one I would highly recommend, is Martian Successor Nadesco with the Jovians. You don't know, we don't quite know what the Jovians are uh, at the start of the series, and then you slowly find out, and the reveal is mag- magnificent. Um, you should definitely check that out if you've never seen Nadesco. But and Nadesco makes you think at first that it's a it's a straight up alien invasion, and uh, it's not quite what you think it is. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's something I would I'd like to share some light on. Also, a, a little similar in that respect, uh, in the way that Age does, and this show obviously did it first mm-hmm. and a lot sooner, uh, good old Vifum. Remember Vifum? Oh, yeah. Where they're fighting the uh, these astrogators who, for dozens of episodes, you never see anybody Anything. from that side. Mm-hmm. You yep. only ever see the mecha, and it's like, 
Who's in there? What's in there? Why mm-hmm. don't you ever see anybody? And then you find out that it's humanoid types. But I think it's interesting that um, that show took that route. And that, I think, is an example where it got a little tiresome that this show went 48 episodes and it took so long to make that reveal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That the Astrogators were actually humanoid aliens. It yeah, it could have like been done sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could have been done sooner because it just... It, it's almost like you, you, you keep trying to build the drama, and it's like, wait a second. There comes a point where you just got to... Well, there's another robot. Let's go fight yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's uh, situ- Well, I, I mean, when you were talking about, like, the, you know, another one that kind of shows you the, the, the differences of how people change in the humanities, once again, like I said, uh, Blue Gender was pretty interesting because... At the beginning, you have this guy, Yuji, that is saved, and he's like this really kind guy and, and stuff like that. And then he becomes a, a pilot of the armor strikes, helping the, the people. And because he has this, you know, the, the cells of the, he becomes much more violent and things like that. Yet the person that saved him, this woman, Marlene, who was like this tough as nails, like uh, military chick, she ends up at the end being the real kind and, you know, let's kind of let's kind of work this out. And uh, so that was that's what made that show compelling to me was just how, um, you know, the, that, that was just great use of the characters. And then, of course, you have all the ancillary characters that they, um, you know, they encounter and, you know, the last strikes of the last people of humanity up in the space station. And, you know, just the things that they were, you know, the decisions they made and how they viewed people that were still trapped on earth because that's that's always an interesting thing too is when you get to a point when the earth gets overtaken and uh, you know uh there's a small thing of humanity somewhere else and you know these people become almost too they become almost afraid um you know even though they keep saying they're gonna fight 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 but it's almost like they feel too safe and uh you know, that's where you get the drama within the characters there, and I think that that show did it. And it's a it's a depressing ass show, but yes, it is. I, I mean, but it, I think show. it's but it's still a very good show, and I, I think it's got very good characters, and um, you know, it it really works. And I think I believe it was what twenty five, twenty six episodes. So yeah, I mean, I it it had the length. right it had a right amount of episodes um, to do it, and. Uh, you know, like you said, with FIFM, I think, you know, yeah, 48 episodes, way too much when you don't have much more of a deeper story with that. So, I have uh, two more examples I want to mention. Yeah, go for one, it. One, definitely want to talk a little bit about Macross Frontier, where you have uh, the, at first, faceless alien who you discover are being manipulated and controlled by humans. Yeah. That's sort of their pawn. And this larger plot. So that's, uh, I think, a good example of doing things a little bit differently because then you had that villain. You have uh, Grace doing all her sneaky stuff with her conspiracy pals on the galaxy. And then you have Leon who was doing all of his sneaky stuff while the good guys are fighting the Vajra and slowly figuring out uh, what's really going on. Yeah. Whereas if it was just fighting the Vajra and nothing else, even with just 25 episodes, it would have gotten kind of tiresome. Yeah, it really would have. Yeah, that's, that's a that's a that's a good example as you because uh, they they introduce elements that uh, 
keep the story going in spite of the main threat that's going on. Um, and 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 the thing about the and what makes Frontier so interesting to me too is the fact that you get to a point where you have the merging of the humans and then the humanoid aliens. You know, because at that point, pretty much. Was it the Zentradi? And I mean, the, the humans are kind of almost interbred at one point, right? I mean, it, there's a lot of shared technology, and because of what the front, the front, the frontier had a lot of the Zentradi kind of. Yes. So, and I know we saw a lot more situations with more half Zentradi and, and and things like that. So that that kind of stood out because here you have a show where yes you have these um humanoid aliens that they had this bad war with the humans but you know they came to a common ground and and i think that that's you you, you sometimes wonder if they would have um you, you, they when the vajra showed up the, the fact that the vajra just looks so different to them is the reason why um you know you and spacey went after them you know and and i think that that's always the the common thing it's just because the freakier the aliens are the less human they are it seems like there's you know um humans really re- relate to other humans so even even humanoids so it's it's hard to you know sometimes kill something that kind of looks like you but i guess you know in these shows when when you have a situation where they don't and they're kind of grotesque um, that that's what was kind of interesting about the Vajra because they were so monstrous. And as a as a Macross based counterpoint, let's not forget that having humanoid foes is no guarantee of a good story because you yeah. look at Delta and the the Windermirans were just the snooziest, most uninteresting <laughs> villains ever in that franchise. Yeah, they're yeah. terrible. <laughs> and we're just one note and always ranting about the wind and the sky and the blah de blah and it's like oh my god can these guys just freaking die already <laughs> <laughs> well what about the proto devlin from macross 7 uh you know that that's that's another one that uh they they were monsters that were possessed by these extra dimensional beings mm-hmm. so you know that's kind of the reverse because the the proto devlin they have this kind of humanoid form in the beginning, a lot of them, yeah. the ones that actually talk. Yeah. And then you find out that's not really their bodies, and they're these extra-dimensional beings who possess these things, and then they leave. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of different. Um, I also wanted to give mention to another vintage series, and that's Most Peta. Yes, uh. yes, indeed, the Invid. Because you have the or inbit, oh, inbit. As called. Let me, let me. I'm inbit. sorry. Let me, let me, uh, let me take off the Robotech clothes. <laughs> yeah. Go, 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 go! Shove that HG nostalgia into uh, a dumpster fire. <laughs> I'll forgive it because they're close enough. Yeah, <laughs> they are pretty close. <laughs> but uh, the inbit are a totally alien species, and they have these kind of weird larval forms that are inside of the mecha and they occupy the earth and it's only through the course of interacting with the heroes that they start to evolve more and take on a human form down to even uh their leader mm-hmm. at the end because they had to evolve to communicate with us yeah, and eventually kind of reach a peaceful solution and and leave the earth. So I think that's interesting that they had to kind of 
make that change themselves to be able to talk to us when in a lot of stories it's the humans who have to figure out some way to talk to the alien. Yeah. That's actually very uh that's a very good point. Uh man, I I I completely forgot about Mosbeta when you uh when you when we we're coming up with ideas of a series to nominate for this and yeah, that's a very only, good example. I've seen I only thought of it because so I'm times. looking at at my DVD shelf and it's, it's Yeah, this is what I was doing. <laughs> Uh, here's a series though. I just it came to me while we were talking about this, and this kind of fits, although it takes its time working its way to it. Uh, Gurren Lagan. Gurren Lagan first starts off kind of in a, a a very small scope, and the scope continues to broaden as the series goes along, and the, the characters fight against all sorts of different oppositions, and then start to acquire those oppositions into their own group, and then you find out the main main antagonist is the Anti Spiral. It's like the anti-life equation or whatever, and they're not quite uh, uh, humanoid in the way that you would think. And they're kind of like the opposite of what life is and, and the opposite of life flourishing. And uh, the characters have to all team up to go after uh, and face off with it. I, I, I thought that was uh, an interesting way to just keep escalating um, situations in that show. And it was it was exhilarating to watch. And, and them taking on the anti-spiral at the end was was fantastic but uh you guys think that might fit in in any way shape or form yeah i i think it's it's yeah. it's it, it works uh also should give mention since it's on my shelf uh Eureka seven. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's right yeah Eureka that one seven. hits all the points of uh the unrelatable alien the um the violence oh yeah yeah a lot of violence in that one props to sh- Props to Shin Station Europe for actually uh, doing commentary on that uh, series uh, over the last couple of months. If anything, it was pretty fun to, to see them go in on that show. But um, yeah, uh, at, at Eureka 7 definitely fits in there. So I'm sure we could sit here all night thinking of more examples, but I think mm-hmm. we covered uh, kind of the, the basics of this concept, and I hope we uh, discussed it to Moose satisfaction. So any closing thoughts on this topic, Neo? Uh, well, I think, you know, just the point of it, it's as much as you like, as much as having the humanoid, um, especially even the human antagonist, it, it, you get a lot of the easy drama because you can make it very political, like a Gundam, you know, there's so many, there's political side, you know, both sides have their bureaucracies and things like that. Um, you know, doing the non, doing the, the non, uh, humanoid alien life forms can be, uh, can be really entertaining too, but I think sometimes it's harder to do. And um, you know, it, it, I'm not I, I'm not opposed to it, but I just I sometimes am a little cautious to get into it because you know I because I just don't want to go down the route of just being you know uh, you know monster of the week sometimes. Um, but um, you know. I think uh, I even think if they started introducing it more into Gundam itself, I, I think um, you know that that would be a nice transition. I mean, like we said, we see it in in the Double O movie, um, but uh, you know it's 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 definitely there. But it does make things seem like more of a horror film. So, uh, okay. Silver. Yeah, I mean, overall, uh, I I still you can still think you can do this in a compelling way. Um, you know, I, let me not shoot down all of the all, all of these ideas because uh, overall, I, I've enjoyed pretty much the majority of these shows with the faceless enemy and whatnot. And uh, you know, every so often, there's one that comes along that's really enjoyable to watch. And uh, I I just hope to see that um, the next time I I come across a series that 
features this kind of opposition that they they turn the convention on its head and uh introduce something new to me and uh hopefully we'll see that sometime but uh overall it, it's 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 a interesting uh subgenre of uh mecha anime to check out I definitely uh just would reiterate the point that it can be very fascinating depending on how you do it and the extent to which you do it and that um even if you do it well, mm-hmm. that's no guarantee of uh, success or admiration because you know we're here more than seven years removed from the premiere of the Double O movie, and a lot of people I see online of English like fandom still dislike the entire movie and the very mm-hmm. concept of Aliens and Gundam. And there, a lot of people are just as dismissive of the very notion now as they were seven years ago. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a shame because uh, I, I think that they, they definitely missed the point of the series um, when it comes down to, to seeing its final, uh, the, fruits of the fruits of their labor when it comes to phasing off the ELLs, the, the L's and, um, and, and finally finding a common ground. I, I think it's a very interesting lesson to learn from that show and i think it was a brave way for them to go i mean was it perfect in the execution i can't say that it was but overall i enjoyed it and i I like i liked where it ended up in the the long run all right so that i think will close out this topic and i will turn it back over to neil all right well um i guess we can go into our second topic of the night. Man, a multi-topic episode Woo-hoo! on the last episode with Chris. Who would have thought this? <laughs> and uh, it's talking about just, uh, I guess, some reminiscing of, um, of of the, you know, many years, many episodes of Gundam. So uh, I guess I'll turn it over to Chris first. I mean, what, what, are, what are some things that really stand out? Lowlights, highlights, whatever it might be. Well, definitely some of the highlights were all of the episodes that we got to do in the flesh at yeah. conventions. Yeah, absolutely. Which, uh, unfortunately, is not, not a thing anymore, given our locations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, I'll always remember all those Megacons. <laughs> 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 and uh, what was, was the con that was uh, down? Where, Sumicon. The, uh, yeah, Sumicon. Yeah, yeah. You guys came down to South Florida. That was good, too. So it was it was always fun to have an audience and take their questions and uh, kind of hang out with people and shoot the shit afterwards. So that was that was fun to do. Um, I also enjoy any episode where we had uh, Austin on <laughs> giving soul bro shit. Yeah, exactly. I'll give it right back to him too. <laughs> I told him he uh, he should. Uh, Start playing uh, verses on Friday night so he can attack you too. Oh, you can try. <laughs> I'll have a laser focus on his ass. That's for sure. I hope he's doing well though, man. Shout out to Austin, man. It was, it's always <laughs> good engaging with him and uh, just hearing this nonsense. <laughs> well, he's, uh, he's 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 mega hating on that game, and I'll give you a little preview. Mm-hmm. Listed it as one of his low lights. In gaming for 2017 because he uh, hates the pricing of the DLC and the exclusion of a couple of series from the base game, especially um, X. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I hate the fact that G Gundam's not in it. Welcome to the club, Austin. <laughs> he also, but, of course, uh, is always going to be butthurt because his boy Strike Noir isn't in it yet. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Yeah, he loves the Strike Noir, doesn't he? 
Oh, man. man, that is a guy. Noir. Well, you know what? Ever seen? I mean, it's a cool design, and it's a cool take on the strike. But man, I, I never saw anybody just love the strike noir so much. Well, you know what? There's always a Gundam in that that's not not in that game that you want to have in the game. I've been wanting the Savior to be in a, a versus Gundam for fucking years. Uh, well, that, that would be, per- that'd be perfect for you because yeah. it, you you could just fly around while. People eventually just uh, cut all your arms and legs off. Oh, I'm a fucking junkie for transformable suits, and I oh, think yeah. this—I think this savior would be fucking perfect for me. But they have yet to put it in a versus game since uh, Federation. So it was a Federation versus Zaft. Was the last Zaft two was the only one, and that was like in the 2008. And it hasn't been in a game since. And I've but been... there's there's a difference between not having certain suits from a series mm-hmm. and not having entire series at all. Yeah. And it definitely uh, is yeah. odd this game launched and inc- uh, excluded G, X, Destiny, and Age. Yeah. I, I, I won't make any G. Why would mm-hmm. you. D- d- I mean, uh, uh, you're, it's a fighting game. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm not going to make excuses for it. Because they want money off of you at five bucks a pop. Yeah, so. and, they, and they know they're going to yeah. roll them out slowly, and when they do, they can, they can charge you more for DLC. They just recently packaged all the DLC. That's out now, I think, in a in a roughly sixty dollar um, uh, pricing scheme package that you can buy them all for sixty bucks. But that's that's a lot of money for fuck. That's for the just cost of the base suit. game, exactly. Yeah. So it's like I have to wait to the and I'm I'm fine. I'm patient when and it you comes know to the DLC. Worst I'll thing? wait it's for like, it to go down in price. Whenever uh, an update comes out, you know those suits are there, downloaded. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it they're sitting on your hard drive yep. on your PS4. When anytime a major update comes out, they put them all on there. They just lock them behind the paywall, and then you got to pay for them. And uh, it never, it's never fun. I, I, it's the one thing about fighting games that drives me nuts is when uh, when they charge way too much for DLC characters, whether it be suits or DLC characters in games. It's like, damn man, y'all can't make this a bit more affordable. I am, I'm so tired of paying crack pi- prices to fucking yeah. keep up with the Joneses. So I have just I have slowed down doing that. I may have bought two suits in Gundam Versus, but for the most part, I've just told myself I'm gonna hold off until there's a season pass, or I'll hold off until there's like a, a flash sale, and then I'll, I'll scoop a bunch of suits if it costs like less than thirty bucks. So uh, I'm patient, man. I, I can wait. <laughs> um, so back anyway. to reminiscing. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, guess that was the surprise appearance by the Straight Talk Express. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> One last for, time. For one one last one last go around the block. <laughs> I've definitely enjoyed doing things like uh, remember the uh, the listener call-in episodes. Yes, that the first which, one especially. Which uh, they, they, they were technical annoyances, but they were fun to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some really wacky topics over the years that people submitted or that we came up with. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> low, low lights would be that we were dumb enough to think four hour episodes were a good idea and that we did that for so long yeah uh that and also um not using my me not using my time uh balancing my time uh as well as i could have and cramming the end of like a hundred episode show into a weekend <laughs> well i'll I, never, I, I, I'll never I, forget when we were uh, about to, it was the Sunday, it was the weekend we were going to review Heavy Metal L Game, and I was probably 30 episodes from the finish line for that show. 
and I <laughs> stayed up. Away or brother, I stayed up Saturday night, and I watched like maybe 20 eps, and I still had 10 episodes left. So I took a quick-ass nap, woke up at 7 in the morning, and crammed out the final 10. And then I, f- I finished the final 10 maybe about 5 minutes before we had to record. I was yep. dead ass tired. I was so. And upset. that, folks, is is <laughs> how far we go to oh, bring you the show. My God! Well, uh, but if you had done all that, we couldn't uh, say that someone's pulling a soul, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I have been uh, guilty of. I did it very recently, just when we discussed seasons three and four of Ultron. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of episodes, so I don't feel as bad about doing that. <laughs> Well, if it's something short, I don't mind watching it, like, right before the review. If it's, like, maybe an OVA or something like that, I will watch. I, honestly speaking, I'll watch it, like, right before we get on to record because I want it to be fresh in my mind. But if it's a TV show, I got no other choice but to spread that out and make notes. Then, of course, there's Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Yeah, that's 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 my biggest regret is I have yet to finish that show. I have yet Man. to finish it. I know I, I'm the worst. Right. And, how, and how could you? How could you? I am the I mean, worst. It, it demands. That's, a, that's my, a show. That's a show. Each episode, you're like, I just. Oh, can I fit this in? Yeah. Is, how, how many minutes is this next episode? <laughs> oh, I think I can fit it in. I think you can fit it in because that. Oh, yeah. It, it demands. Bitten by the bug that way. I've been bitten by the bug, and it's a show that, all intents and purposes, should bite me that way. I just I started it, and then I just haven't finished it, and um. And yeah. you guys, you guys have not only did you not only did the I main the run, damn books. You guys, you guys, you guys did the uh, the the Gaiden series too, right? You guys reviewed both yes, of those. We on did. Them. We did every Ooh. damn thing. That yeah. went extensive, and now there's a new series getting ready to start up. Yeah. Shit. And, and they and they and they brought over the novels. I'm reading the damn novels. <laughs> Luckily, the translation's gotten a lot better. But man, that, the first that first book was like, man, what, what am I reading here? But it's, uh, uh, but. Anything no, else, Chris? Uh, for or... now, that's 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 it. I'll kick it back to you. Oh, Tobro, couple things uh, re- reminiscing. I mean, just just coming together and and doing this. I mean, it defeat it it <laughs> it beat all the odds, man. Uh, I remember way back when Neil and I first started, and uh, Chris had uh, commented <laughs> on the show and let us know that he liked it, and we we had a. Uh, we had a powwow. Um, well, over Skype I, I will. And, I will say. I, mm-hmm. I just want to interject on that. Yeah. All I remember is when me and Solbro got the email. First off, we thought, man, shit, he might be mad at us because we used to just uh, steal. All, we used to just we would reference the website all the time, mm-hmm. but we just didn't know, you know, how you were about that or anything. And um, you know, we're just like, what? What? Is, what does this guy want? Like, we're we're just trying to. It's like, why would he? you know want to talk to us and then when we finally did we found out it was like oh okay but yeah i mean i think up until we finally spoke to you chris me, me and Solbro just kept asking we're like what did we do did we say something did we, you know like <laughs> did we insult him i mean or i think i think i i think i like re-listened to the episode because they think what it was an episode one or two and, and i was like really? like did we say something bad or i mean because we were giving props to all the things i mean the one thing we've always been good about is, um, you know, naming the source, <laughs> you know, giving credit to the vote. But we did. I was like, what the hell? Did we piss this guy off? But then, yeah, I mean, so. But, yeah, go ahead, Sobro. Sorry to. No, that's the way that all unfolded, man. Uh, the way, uh, <laughs> uh, we we, we uh, all all came together to, to do the show as a whole. 
I, I thought it was one of the one of the crowning moments of the of the of the show itself, and uh, it's been done nothing but just propelled us uh, to, to to knock out so many reviews of so many series uh, for better or for worse. Um, I mean, the hardest time in the show's history was doing the reviews for um, what was it? Uh, cramming the reviews for Double O, Code Geass, and Macross Frontier. <laughs> and trying to juggle all three and doing individual episode reviews, which is why we got four-hour episodes. <laughs> because we were stupid. We were dumb. And then we just finally, like late in the show, said, you know what? We're just going to review this like we would review a movie. We we sat down. We watched a bunch of episodes. We'll talk about the block like a film. Fuck all this episode-by-episode reviews. We can't do this shit anymore. It's killing us. So <laughs> even even when we when we learn to work around uh, not making sure not to do multiple shows at once, I think the most we probably would juggle is two shows at once, and even then we would separate them between episodes so that way we weren't cramming them all into the same uh, episode. So we, we got better about it in time, but we had to learn a lot of hard lessons over time. Um, as some of the well, other- it, it, it was it was trial and error because yes. you and I didn't know how to really do reviews. Mm-hmm. Chris knew how to do reviews, but he knew how to do it in the written form, yeah. and you thought that that could work, and and you would think it would, but then you don't realize that when you have three people, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and and not you know, and and. and you know, sitting there going, you know, some ways the best thing to do is just hit the major plot points and, you know, and then in your discussion, you'll probably hit other things. And I, I think that that was, uh, it was plenty of trial and error there. And I think it's, I think it's a testament that we were always so open-minded enough where we never <laughs> sat there because a lot of people, you know, know this is the way we're going to do it, but we're like, you know, yeah, we, we, we got to make this more interesting because it, it wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a fun time, and it, you could tell by listening to the way we speak. Sometimes in those episodes, it's like you could tell when you were hitting hour four. <laughs> <laughs> you can definitely, you can definitely hear the vitality just drain out of our voices. But uh, I'll, I'll throw in another uh, low light while we're at it. What's uh, up? That I was going over by archiving all these old episodes. Mm-hmm. The curse of episode fourteen. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. What was episode 14? Was that Man in the Can? No, that was the... Because um, that, that was another curse, was Man in the Can. That was all messed up and was oh, released out of order a couple episodes later. That's right. That's yeah. right. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, the, which was a fun time recording, but yeah, it was really messed up. And, and uh, I think episode 13 got messed up and we had lost a segment so we had to combine the Gundam roundup of Zeta and double Zeta to that, kind of like act together right. an <laughs> and, and then of course man in the can being how, how many times that recording was lost we recorded it, what three times Tw- at least twice I think did we really I mean we were so afraid For of Iron Man yeah, yeah Iron Man we don't lost. say it <laughs> Still should not say it, man. Don't say it. He he should not be spoken, right? This episode is toast now. (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that. I I didn't. Damn you, Tony Stark. (laughs) That that review was lost to the ages. We we eventually touched back on that review uh, when we reviewed uh, the sequel. But uh, you know, it, uh, but but uh, it is a it is a sad day. I mean, and there was there's been times where we've lost reviews. Like I uh, remember when Neo and I um did the review for uh, what was it? Ah, uh, uh, fudge! It's it's that show. Um, oh my god! Oh, oh Detonator Organ. We sat down to record <laughs> yeah. Detonator Organ. 
I had just we had just finished recording that segment. You went to go use the bathroom, and when you came out the bathroom, it was like, oh shit, the segment's gone. We got to do it again. (laughs) And and it was it was one of those rare times where me and Sober Sober just sat there. It's after we got to record it, we're like, wow, we we actually did a really good job. Yeah, we're like. Wow, we're impressed. And then it's like, yo, man, we just lost this. We're going to re record it. I'm like, oh, no. We got to do it again. (laughs) It's like, fuck. We mourned it for about a minute and then we jumped back in and did it again. And I think we did a pretty good job just recapturing the magic. So that was not too bad. But, um, yeah, you're going to run into moments like that, especially if you start podcasting. Um, you're going to lose a lot of shit. And, um, you'll learn a lot of (laughs) tricks of the trade as you go along. It's, it's, it can be fun and frustrating at the same time, especially if you had, one hell of a segment, and especially if you have a uh, guest on the show, that's even oh. worse. <laughs> and you lose that shit. It's it, it's not it's 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 not fun to go through, but you do look back on it somewhat fondly because you learn so much. But yeah, man, um, it's been a magical ten years, man. For the most part, we've watched a lot of shows, we've done a lot of reviews, <laughs> covered a lot, of, a lot uh, of things. We, we <laughs> crammed a lot of shows. Um, and I don't even believe we have scratched the surface. I, I guess one of my biggest regrets is that we didn't cover a lot of uh, as many super robot shows as shows as I would have oh, liked to. Have. You and I can now. Oh so. yeah, we, we we can definitely start to. I'm, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to go on that. Yeah, so. we definitely. I, I think uh, Zambot Three is definitely one I would like to sit down and watch. Oh, you want to? I, I do. <laughs> you I mean, do that? as as depressing okay. as that show is, I'll it's do just, it again. I would love to see early Tomino, and I have yet to do that. So, uh, to sit okay. down and watch Zambot three, and then maybe something a bit more uplifting, like maybe one of the Brave series um, from the early nineties or something like that. You know, something that's good. I would like to sit down and watch as well. But Super Robots uh, shows do deserve our attention more. It's just that all our tastes kind of trend towards either hybrid shows or real robot shows, and I I can't blame either of any of us for that. But um, yeah, it's something that well, I, some listeners would. Yeah, some listeners would. Some listeners hold it against us deeply, and it's like, look, believe you me, I don't have a bias against any super robot show. I just, I, I would say that my taste kind of uh, trend towards Gundam and Macross and shows like that. But I, I love G Gundam. I love Mazing, Mazinger Z. I love uh, everything about those shows. So, and let's look at uh, you know a a a truth of when this show came on, mm-hmm. which was before this streaming renaissance of so many mm-hmm. shows being streamed. Oh yeah. When it comes to Super Robot shows, um, you know that you have to get through fan subbers. This kind of uh, a bias there against them because look at yeah. uh, look at how many shows have um, Gear Fighter Dendal. How many fans? Yeah, of Dendo. Service. How many people have tried to sub episode that show eight? And <laughs> up at episode eight and have never finished that show. Damn. Um, nobody has even subbed with good English subs, and I'm not talking like HK subs. Nobody has done good English subs. For all of the Brave shows. Yeah. 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 Lots of people have tried and failed and given up. Yeah. So, you know, to a certain extent, since we don't speak Japanese, we're limited in the kinds of things that we can pick up and talk about. And I think that as much as we could, we, we did talk about a lot of the shows, uh, especially of one, some of yeah, the contemporary well, ones. Yeah, we ha- we did that. And yeah, I mean, God, you gotta... yeah. Yeah. But. I mean, in, I know some that, people uh, don't like that we didn't talk about Mazinger Z and and uh, Get a Robo and all that stuff. And you know, it's like, mm, sorry, you know, just is what it is. But there was also, you know, at the early part of this show when it started, there was also 
a, you know, a lot of real robot stuff that started going on. I mean, like we stated at one point there was, you know, we were doing reviews of double O code Geass and Macross frontier. So, I mean, it's like, we got to do what, what we got to do. And it's called Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mazengam. Yeah. Well, I will say this for anybody who is a super robot enthusiast. Uh, I would, I would, I would encourage you to start a podcast where you cover super. Uh, no, why you focus on super robot? Bitch. No, I'm just saying. No, I don't want a competition. <laughs> All right, but, 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 trying to get this competition out, man. I'm just man, saying. Stop, put stop, your money stop. where your mouth is. Put your money where your mouth is. Trust me, we do plan on covering super robot shows. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, that's, all, that's not the point of this segment. <laughs> My bad. My bad. Let's get control this segment. We'll get. We'll get back. I I have to say some of the good things is, um, some of the guests that we used to have, especially during the news segments, the Emperor, yes, Dennis. (laughs) Um, you know, uh, we had Batman. I think a a few times. Oh, did we? (laughs) Anybody missing? I know we had a lot of Dennis. I know we had a lot of uh, of Emperor Palpatine. he he was gosh he was almost like a regular there for a while. Oh, you can't forget Troll. Uh, don't forget don't forget uh Cade Yeager. Cade Yeager. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't forget don't forget everyone's favorite Troll. Troll man, Troll was the guy. That's hey, right. Troll. Troll Troll used to hang out, man. He used to be part of the team. <laughs> and, and guys, this is, this is um not going to be relevant for anyone who hasn't listened to like the previous 180 episodes, but uh, remember good old Bill Whipton? Oh, Bill Whipton! <laughs> oh, Whipton. <laughs> oh, the consummate gentleman. <laughs> oh, so or Phil Bosby? Remember Phil Bosby? Bosby, oh please! <laughs> I remember when he did a commercial for Goddamn. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know if that is that evidence now. Maybe uh, <laughs> it might be. It's still out there somewhere in some of the episodes, man. People can dig and find it. It's uh... <laughs> evidence for the prosecution. <laughs> I think, um, and like I said earlier, I think one of the uh, the strengths that we had, and it, and I think it's what made it made this fun to do for so long, is the fact that we were. Um, very adaptive and flexible when it came to stuff. Mm-hmm. And once we really kind of figured out, you know, beyond the reviews and how and kind of how to do things. And, you know, there are times that Gundam, we stretch the thing of Gundam. I mean, there are some episodes where it's like, oh, uh, we're talking about stuff that, how the hell are we talking about that? Because there's <laughs> really no mecha, there's no mobile suits or anything like that in there. Um, but, you know, it's kind of, kind of a way for us to kind of uh, talk about things that, uh, that we definitely liked. Yeah. Um, there were some submitted subjects, by the way, that we had to stretch out for like 15 to 20 minutes. I still don't know how we did it. <laughs> No, going back and checking out some of those earlier episodes with some of the subjects we had, I was like, "How do we stretch this out to twenty minutes? How do we do it?" I was like, "That's nuts." <laughs> I guess when you get on a roll, it, it becomes easier to do. But uh, yeah, man, <laughs> some some shows is like we definitely stretched uh, uh, the thought and idea of it how it relate to relate to mecha anime. I know in the early days of the show, we actually reviewed uh, other things too, like. Um, Battlestar Galactica, for for instance. Well, that's what I, that's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. We stre- we stretched what 
would have fallen in there like oh well you know there's there's robots in there <laughs> so that kind of that kind of works uh and the, there were times i mean there was times straight up where we just didn't say whatever like when we reviewed um uh star trek That's and the right. dumbness and stuff <laughs> <laughs> The, the the constant attacks on Solbro. Um, I'd have to say, of course, what became Solbro's man. The the running gag of Ooh. probably the longest running gag of of Gundam. It really is, uh, and uh, you know, just a, a complete classic in making, especially for Solbro, because God did he step into it, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's <laughs> it, it, it's it's pretty funny, but. Um, the fact that we were able to, um, the show could still function at times when one of us or, you know, a couple of us were out of the, you know, for one point I was out of the country for a while. So, yeah, that's right. um, you know, we were able to do that. Um, you know, yeah, the live shows I think are really cool. Um, I really, I really think the call-in shows were, um, that, that was a fun thing. I, I, I I do regret in some ways that we couldn't have done that more with Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure probably Chris feels the same way because, yeah, they were techno- especially those first couple. They were technologically very aggravating. Yeah, but it was kind of fun uh, to do. Um, you know, just the just the fact of being able to have the ability to shut off your brain for a couple hours to talk about mindless crap that mean that really in in the grand scheme of things isn't very important but you can sit there and have just frank and interesting discussions about was has always been nice um and having the people come out man that was like the most yeah. thing about it. people <laughs> who lived in your state that actually listened to your show and would come out <laughs> to, and, and some people who had no idea what you were about but it would come and actually stick around anyway and uh had liked what you had to say we we gained some listeners by doing some of those live appearances, man, and uh, and haters, <laughs> yeah, yeah, some some haters came out too. But you know, so you got to face your haters. You got to face them, and we did. And uh, you know what? Uh, we're all the better for it, man. And uh, I, I feel blessed. I really do that we had that experience. We got to do that, you know, despite all the technical issues and hauling equipment and stuff like that. Uh, to go to Yusumicon and to go to MegaCon and to be able to hold court uh, in front of a bunch of people. I think was a, a magnificent time and, and props to everybody who supported the show throughout the years and would come out to those those few live appearances that we did. Um, much props to you. You can actually say you've been to a live Gundam uh, recording and uh, <laughs> <laughs> as few as there were. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, and I mean, I think people should know that it wasn't um, anything that we didn't want to do mm-hmm. it's just very difficult even for these small cons sometimes there there's a very weird politicking that has to go on in them so the fact that we didn't do more of them after a while it just got to a point it was becoming more um trouble than it was worth i mean you'd sit there and you'd email and contact these people and it just got to a point where you're like man this isn't worth it. So, yeah. And I think we can say, like, all these years removed that with, like, say, Megacon, it just kind of became a hassle because the people we worked with basically wanted us to be volunteer labor just to get into yeah. the con to be able to do our panel and that we would be given, like, uh, a horrible day and time slot. Yeah, exactly. yeah like Sunday at 9. And nine or the very first day of the con. 
on Friday at like 2 p.m. Like, who's going to come for that? Nobody, nobody's going to come for that. So, and you were there the year before, and you didn't have to do all that, all that shit in the first place. You know, they and just... it happened down here too. Uh, you know, with oh, some wow. of the local cons that to get you a pass, they expected you to kind of be like their their free labor. And I feel that you know, if you go to a, a very big, much more professional con, like say Dragon Con. They they don't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. They they kind of have their shit together in the way that these more like middle or smaller range cons do not. And, and it's funny too because but that was the weird thing about MegaCon was it's a pretty big con, but that that part that was the animes because they were kind of did their own thing it's a and it was it out kind of yeah yeah and it was just I mean you got to a point where it's like you know we're who else do you have covering these slots? I mean, it's not like you have the greatest lineup when it comes to things. We're, we're sitting here offering to do, and, you know, we used to get pretty good crowds that would come in there, and it just, yeah, when it got to a point of that. So, I mean, it, it, I know people had asked, and I don't know if we really brought it up, but, it, yeah, it just became, it was becoming more of a hassle than it was really worth, Um and in today's society, it's just, I mean, we're podcasts, so it's easier just to keep podcasting. Yeah. You know, Especially so. with us all being in different places now. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing that we were able to do it this long, despite our geographical locations, man. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool, man. That's yeah, but technology, technology is advanced. So Chris, any other, uh, any other things you'd like to reminisce about? Um, I, I definitely think it's worth mentioning that, throughout this whole time that we've never taken ourselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's definitely important you know, for all the people who thought that we, uh, that we're always shitting on soul bro. And we <laughs> joke about soul bros, men or about young Asian boys or, you know, all these other, the, the soul bro guarantee all this stuff. It's all, you know, from a place of lighthearted humor and Absolutely. just yeah. gentle ribbing the way that you do with your friends, you know, that you just talk shit. Just busting chops. That's pretty much just all it is. Just busting chops. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of people take Mecca, uh, like, very serious business. Mm-hmm. And I know some have definitely not appreciated the way that, that we do stuff, but I just feel that, um, you know, we... Uh, we just got to do things the way that we did because we're not uh, we're not the canine brothers from uh, from Build Fighters. <laughs> yeah, we're not those. Those guys are not fun. Those <laughs> those guys those guys are not the kind of guys that that you want to be in the mecha fandom. Yeah, no, because they, they they can't poke fun at the thing that they love, and I think that's always a shame. I really do. Um, if you love something, you should be able to see the flaws in it, or if you love something, you should be able to, to lampoon it in some way, shape, or form. You know, I'm a big fan of Macross, but I can point out some of the things that don't uh, that don't jive or, or, or in retrospect, uh, didn't flow all that well. But at the same time, I still be, uh, love it all the same. Yeah. Be say, don't be the uh, the canine brothers. Exactly. Be say. <laughs> Channel your inner say. Don't be don't be the Renato brothers at all. Yeah, and, and and I know that's something that a lot of people had issues with us about is that sometimes everybody thought we were trying to have it both ways on things, but I think the 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 idea that we always tried to do when it came to being fans of this is like I can be a huge fan of something, but there can be some things about it that I got you know, hey, that was kinda dumb. 
or you know that could have been done a little bit better i mean we we always tried to live outside of the extreme thing like where oh this is the worst ever or this is the greatest show to ever be you know it was like okay this was a, a great show but here there's still some things i had that they could have done better but it didn't diminish that and i think you know as we saw and and i mean even chris even more so because he was doing this and 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 doing um mhq is the fact of the evolution of the fandom where it's just become a situation of like it's it's all or nothing and um you know we always tried to be kind of uh um you know, middle of the road. And that wasn't because we were trying to do anything. Cause we'd actually, I, I'd actually had received email like, Oh, you know, you're too nice to all the Bandai shows and stuff like that. Or, you know, it's like, wait a second. Are, are you sure about that? Cause we do crap on a lot of things. And so it, you know, it, it th- that's, that's what made it fun. And like you said, Chris, it's, in the end, it's it's mecha anime. I mean, it's not that important in the grand scheme. It's just it's a fun thing. You you know, we had the opportunity yeah. to be. I I have fun. never lost sleep uh, in my life over robot cartoons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only time I have is when I'm crushing a re- when I'm crushing a uh, a viewing for a review. That's the only time I've lost sleep. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you actually lost sleep because you literally. You- <laughs> Because you, cause you didn't, you didn't, you didn't use uh, very good time management skills. There you go. That was a little less is hard learned. <laughs> so, so bro, any any other reminiscing of this? Um, nah, man. I, I, if anything, uh, we touched a lot of a lot a lot of fun points uh, overall. Man, it's it's been a blast to record it with the three of you guys, uh, the the two of you guys, and uh, who, who's the third person? I don't know, but. Uh, <laughs> Sil Bosby. Sil <laughs> <Still> Bosby. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, it's been fantastic. And Chris, um, we'll, we'll definitely still see you uh, as part of the show. You always, you always yeah. that, that that third rotation. Your shadow team. will loom. Your shadow will loom large. <laughs> and, anytime we got, anytime we got the big reviews to do, uh, we'll, uh, we, you'll definitely be showing back up. So it's it's not the end. It's just uh, I'm, for the for I'm the, the cart driver who's hiding in the background. There you go. There you go. Our our, our resident Lelouch. <laughs> Unconfirmed. <laughs> and probably my last thing on reminiscing and just kind of say is I, I just think that in a lot of ways, even though Chris was polarizing in the mecha anime community, I think he brought a lot of credibility uh, to us. But then, you know, we got to see, I think the other thing that a lot of people, um, you know, looking past his opinion sometimes is you find out that Chris was always... Um, he wasn't a real serious guy. I mean, you know, you, I, I think that's why when we got that email from you, we'd sometimes see some of your posts on the forums like, man, he must be really serious. <laughs> and then, but then you find out that he's just a big goofball. And yeah, he loves he loves talking about these things. He loves doing it. But, um, you know, he just he loves having the fun in the end. <laughs> and I think that that's um that's what made it really enjoyable because he was able to really be you know bring the encyclopedia of knowledge where you know me and Sobra at times are just the fans we're just basically looking at it in the aspect of this is what we like you know yeah we've watched a lot of things but we've never really we never really put in like the the practical part of like really doing reviews and stuff i mean we're better now but uh, I mean, Chris is still miles ahead of us when it comes to that because of 
just you know his career choices you know being writer and stuff and being in, in that type of thing and, and then just managing that website for so long and uh you know that i think that that's what it was i mean just uh, <laughs> that that was uh that was a good thing and you know just uh thank you for that and um you know because uh you didn't have to do it to be quite honest with you and uh you know i, th- I think it um you know it was uh it was a it, it was definitely a great thing and i think it helped us and i think it helped all of us i think all of us in the end became better at doing different things um you know within this and uh you could tell if anybody ever goes through all the shows you could definitely tell (laughs) (laughs) so guys anything else about this uh this last uh, last little bit about talking about the show and i mean i'm I'm sure there's always some things we'll bring up, uh, you know, in the future and, you know, we're not going away and, uh, you know, thanks Chris for everything. So, um, absolutely. I guess the next thing we can do is the, the final mailbag as, as we know it with Chris here. So, uh, Chris, uh, take it, uh, take it, take it out for us with the, with the mailbag. All right. Well, if, uh, this freaking page would cooperate, <laughs> Just your internet. Oh, net neutrality strikes. <laughs> Sorry, All the right. lack of it already. It's it's starting. Oh, I'm stunned, depressed. <laughs> Somehow, uh, the, the... Are, you, are you getting redirected to Fox News? <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know? Uh, the um, forum <laughs> logged me out, so uh, somebody <laughs> say something for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this stupid thing reloads. Oh, my gosh. Now this brings up a great thing to reminisce about because you don't know how many times, especially when I would do the news where I would start rambling on about something. <laughs> it was because of this. <laughs> something wasn't loading correctly. So those are other secrets and, and other fun things of, um, you know, having to think on your feet a lot of times when these things are <laughs> Or, working. you know, uh, Skype never working. Oh, Skype never Man, working. Yes, or I mean, just the just the the weird ways that we'd have to record. I mean, at one point where both you guys would have to do the, uh, you would record the um, an audition. Re- the two, yeah, your own two your own streams. audio files and oh, uh, <laughs> that was the early 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 days. Oh man. Oh, that was wild, man! Thank, thank God for uh, Power Grammar when it were, uh, when 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 we discovered that program. That was the uh, that was the the thing that allowed me to record oh, Chris's voice initially. And let's not forget our forte in interviews. Mm-hmm. As Chris is trying to get into the mailbag, <laughs> I mean, we, we gosh, I was still surprised of all the pretty good uh, voice actors we were able to get. Like we got that guy Richard Epcard, yep. and then remember that time me and you, me and you, Solbro did the two guys Atherin and Kira from yes. Seed. It was a great episode. Those guys are. It's too bad that Chris couldn't. I think he, you were out of vacation or something like that. But those guys were great. Those guys were cards um, for real, man. I, I've got to say that was <laughs> one of my favorite interviews. Uh, but Richard Epcar definitely was up there. Um, oh, did, I, I know the Chaos Theater. Y'all, y'all spoke to David K, right? Yes, we did. Yes, sir, man. That that was really cool. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, man, uh, the interviews uh, it, there were few and far between. But when we had them, they were really cool. Um, you know, and, when we had uh, when we had our unpaid uh, producer uh, Dolo. Cal <laughs> yeah. Hibera was a fun one too. I, I enjoyed that interview quite a bit. Um, who else did we talk to? Um, 
Vampy bit me. That was a real fun interview. Yeah. Had a lot of, had a lot of, had a good time during that interview. Uh, but yeah, uh, overall, I, I, I've, I've got to say all or the those, interviews we've done. Or those kids that built, what was it? They built the Viper from, uh, Battlestar. Yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting <laughs> one. That was, that, that was one of those ones I, I don't know how we made it work. <laughs> yeah. But you know, they were thrilled to be there, man. They were really thrilled. Yeah. And, and they were, they were actually a treat to talk to. The, the, what was it? I forget the lady's name from Daisuke.net. Um, that was an informative oh, yeah. interview. Uh, Chris led that one, and that was a uh, that was a saw that was that was hard hitting journalism, bro. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the point where I'm like, wow, this uh, we actually do have some credibility. If some, I'm like, it is it is like an unknown uh, Japanese streaming source onto the U.S., but the fact that they even bothered to talk to us was pretty amazing. <laughs> that was sweet stuff, man. I, I gotta say that. Overall, I, I've I've had nothing but good experiences. All right, you. but you got it. <laughs> Yay! So we got our mailbag. Uh, Woo! So this is going to be the abbreviated 2017 edition because there haven't been that many questions posted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll start with the foul sorceress. What would you do right now with ten dollars? Um, buy a sandwich, probably. Yeah, I don't know. I probably head to. Uh, I probably head to. Uh, head to firehouse subs. <laughs> Use yeah. half, invest the rest. There give me, give me an Italian, yo, and, and a and a fat ass brownie. Good shit, yo, ten dollars. Put the work. <laughs> Go to Wawa, get a sandwich and a Coke. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we have Alexion, who says, "Hi guys, I just finished catching up on the podcast, listening from 2007 up to the latest one. Skip the specials for the most part, though." It only took me two years. After catching up, I just had to ask, do you think protoculture is the best culture? We know Dennis does. <laughs> he definitely does. He does. We know that Earth's culture is not the best. No, it's no, the worst. Um, trash. <laughs> Windermere's is definitely also not the best. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> too much uh, fantasy LARPing and cosplaying and uh, wind talk, so uh, not those guys either. Yeah. Or Although, you know, the, the Ragnans were pretty cool. They're just yeah. chill, you know, ocean people. So, mm. Although they have those menacing sea cats. Oh, yeah, those, those, <laughs> those could be a problem. Yeah. Um, next, more seriously, do you guys see yourself podcasting for many years to come, whether it be with Gundam or something else? Well, that's a timely question. <laughs> <laughs> Real, not so much, definitely. <laughs> Not so much. I, I think for me and Solbro, we could say we're at least going to continue on with Gundam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gundam. I've got a few other ideas in the in the in the pocket for next year as well. But yeah, Gundam's going to get a revamp, and then uh, there's another show that I've been uh, dying to do, and uh, I'm just working out the details and uh, more to come on that. But uh, yeah, between the two of these, uh, teaser, the teaser, teaser indeed. We're working out the details. I am more a proponent of going live to tape, literally live, and I've worked out the. The issues with that finally so um uh the return of live podcasts uh may be coming back for gundam now that we got the audio leveling issue done and out of the way so thank god for that um but yeah uh that's what i like to do I, I listen to a lot of podcasts where they do it live every day uh and you know warts and all but they still do it and i just want to get out of the, the realm of editing because episodes get up faster and you just knock it out and it's already up there for people to run back and listen to ultimately so it's the future and i'm down with it there you go all right and he closes out by saying 
Thanks for all the entertainment during my long drives to and from work slash school. I look forward to more episodes, though now I have to wait in line between them like everyone else. Well, oh. that's the problem with catching up to something. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta wait like all the normies. Yeah. And uh, our very last question comes from the Foul Sorceress again. It says, why do old Transformers have beards? Well, it's pretty obvious. How do you know they're important if they don't have beards? <laughs> Yo, Alpha Trion? <laughs> yeah, important sagely types are identified by beards. This is just known. Yo, Quintessence? It is known. They're just born old, man. What can you do? <laughs> Yo, even... They never, but they never really do talk about that, do they? they do they ever... It's I mean, those things you're not really supposed to think about. <laughs> yeah, I guess Yeah, I guess maybe he is looking into it a little, little too yeah. much. They're... they're I don't think he's looking into it very seriously at all because it's, you know, right. <laughs> uh, but you go back to Generation 1, the one that had heart and soul, mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't really think through a lot of uh, these things. Like, how many different origin stories do we have for the Constructicons? Yeah, how many is there? Two what, is the, what, is the, what is the origin of them? Were they made? Or so, were they... in Season 1... They were depicted as being built on Earth by Megatron as brand new Decepticons. Oh, okay. That life. Then later on in season two, they are depicted as old time dudes from Cybertron who used to be pals with Omega Supreme. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that shit didn't matter. This well, didn't add up at yeah, all. The main... For the two very obvious contradictions. Because what about the think about these things in an 80s robot cartoon for children. <laughs> I remember the Dinobots were made out of dinosaur bones, and I, I never understood that, how they needed dinosaur bones to make robots. I, don't know, they, I think they needed it as a model so they could scan them. But yeah, for yeah. the most part, it was Wheeljack and, uh, and Sparkplug that made them, and yeah, at least they stayed... Well, why were they so stupid? Because <laughs> they were made on Earth, and they, they weren't made... Why did you give them small brains? <laughs> I mean, yeah... You didn't have to give them everything that dinosaurs had, right? Well, anyway, because they wanted uh, them to scale. That's, that's and, what, and what was and what was the thing always with Megatron? Where how could he become? Uh, how could he be a big ass robot and then become a, a handgun? How did that work? A dimensional shrinkage, like how? By the same token, Soundwave. Where does Optimus's trailer go every time he transforms? Yeah, where did that go? It literally just disappears. <laughs> Soundwave turns into a small boombox and, and them tapes would shrink that right too. to his chest. It's like, yeah, they just... Uh... Like, what do those four tapes fit in exactly? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't deck. a multi-tape deck, right? Exactly. Where did he find the room? <laughs> and, and it's funny because, you know, right now people heard that. The, the heart and soul people would be like just going after us because we're being asshole or you're just being nitpicky. It's like, no, but it is kind of a point where you're just sitting there going, this is kind of dumb and two different stories for the Constructicons. So yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. So anyway, beard equals important. There you go. And the longer, Wise. the longer the beard, the more the importance look uh, as evidence Saruman and Gandalf. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. yeah the more magical true. powers they have, man. Yes. So that will close out the mailbag uh, for now. I don't know uh, 
that's going to be part of Gundam in the future. Obviously, yeah. you guys uh, have some things to work out about the show's format. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Slipper will be your, your postmaster general from this point on. Well, thank you, sir. Oh. I, will, I will take the I will take Oh, the you got bag. a promotion. I did. Holy shit. I get to do the mailbag. That's a great. I'm, I'm down. I'm down. We'll probably be doing it through Twitter and Facebook. So... <laughs> Keep to keep the questions nice and and tight and uh and hopefully uh under two hundred and eighty characters. There you go, there you go, nice and tight because uh some questions run long and sometimes it gets super detailed and I rather they just uh they remember when people send us like a list with like ten oh. numbered questions. Oh my god! Like guys, we like the submissions, but you know we don't <laughs> want to do a dissertation. Exactly. Um, you know, I appreciate the the energy, though. I really do. But uh, yeah, I, I think social media is a great way to to kind of uh, have a jump off point for questions. But we'll, we'll still look at the, uh, the the old the old questions thread and see if there's uh, things in there as well. But uh, I'm, I, if anything, man, I'm uh, I'm glad that we got to touch the mailbag one last time. And uh, uh, thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. I, I I'm honored that you would yep. pass the mantle on to me, sir. Anytime, or in this case, the one time. <laughs> the one time. <laughs> But thank you, everybody, for listening to Gundam and MAHQ episode 193, where we uh, talked about uh, non-humanoid aliens uh, featured in mecha anime series and uh, how pretty much how uh, those series deal with that. We also reminisced about the podcast as a whole and talked about our favorite and least favorite moments in uh, the Gundam history over the last 10 years. Uh, that conversation was well overdue, but uh, I'm grateful that we had it. Um, prop shout-outs to Chris. Um, again, as we mentioned, he's not gone completely, but uh, it'll be, it won't be on regular appearances, so don't freak out. Uh, when he is going to be on the show, we'll let you guys know as well, so uh, just, just, just continue listening, man. We'll be still reviewing shows and whatnot, and uh, I hope you guys will still tune in to us, and uh, we'll still be featured out of MHQ. so no worries there, guys. Uh, in the meantime, fellas, anything you guys wanted to mention before we close things up? Well, thank you, Chris, and um, you know, Good luck in your next adventure in podcasting, what that could be. No, just kidding. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, just a few minor points uh, while I still got the mic. Um, definitely check out the two-part final episode of Chaos Theater, which oh, yeah. features uh, the last crossover with Gundam. So, uh, obviously, you, you two guys are featured there, and we had a so good, base, good base- talk. Based on the old, uh, based on that earlier article that we talked about, this would be Chaos or X Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> Cross. Yes. Yes. If we were, if, that's how we would market it in Japan. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's exactly how you'd market it. Uh, so listen to that, and you'll also hear a lot of um, other former guests who have been on both shows including Dalo um, General Hate himself <laughs> General Hate. so check that out uh, I don't know when any of these things will be out in relation to each other because we're recording so many things this month and I made the comment earlier that I've done more podcasting just this one month than I have in the 10 years I've been doing this <laughs> because there's just so much work that went into uh, chaos theater that it had to be two episodes. So uh, by the time this comes out, you should at least 
be able to listen to episode 125a and then around christmas time uh 125b which is what um ends the show for real so uh thanks to pedro for doing all that work for all those years any any special ending is it is it is it did you guys do anything as a special ending for the show uh there there's a couple of music cues and the topic of the show brings everything full circle by talking about the earthbound series oh okay good shit which yeah. is where we started, and also what the show was named after. So, and we're still we, waiting for Mother Three. <laughs> I'm not gonna get into that. You can listen to the episode. Woo! Oh my god! Oh man, some things so, never change. <laughs> that's um, that's a thing. Um, I was thinking to myself also that curiously things are for Gundam. And for me, ending the way they began because it's exactly ten months, ten years ago, in December, that I recorded my first episode with you guys, and oh. then I had to miss the next one because I went on a cruise. Oh. And here we are now, recording my last episode, and then I'm going on a cruise. Yo, that freaks me out. Man, wow, that is deja vu. Wow, that's nuts. That was what episode three, right? Episode, episode three. So, well, he joined us episode four, if I recall. Four. Right? That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, we did yeah. the first three episodes, and then he joined us uh, officially in episode four, and then you had to miss episode five for that very reason. That's that's actually pretty scary now that I think about it. That's that's wild. And same cruise line too. <laughs> <laughs> not 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 the same not the same cruise route. I hope right. Or... Uh, no, but still, both cases the Caribbean. So, <laughs> you know, oh my god! You know, a famous director once said, "It's poetry. It it, it rhymes." <laughs> So are you telling me that there's a possibility that me and Soulbro could do one episode of Gundam by ourselves and then you'll be back? (laughs) It's happened before and it'll happen again. (laughs) Yes. Uh, um, And the last thing, you know, my participation with the show will definitely still continue obviously in a diminished form but uh, just to clarify again for everyone mhq is not going anywhere uh mecha talk is not going anywhere gundam is not going anywhere the facebook group is not going anywhere it's only chaos theater that is coming to a close so uh everything else will still live on and i'll just be a listener which will be kind of hard because um when I've listened to past episodes that I've not been on, it's uh, been a very strange experience where I constantly have to stop myself from wanting to talk to you guys to and interject. give my. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting there, it's like, oh, oh, yeah, this is. This it's like, is oh no, it was it was already done. No, <laughs> they forgot to talk about this. <laughs> So bro messed it up again. Fucking up always. Neo said another name the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, kind of funny because this came up on Chaos Theater. One of my friends, Christian, who's been on the show a bunch of times mm-hmm. for a couple of years, he lived in Orlando. And for a while, he used to listen to Chaos Theater to kind of keep up with what Pedro and I were doing. Mm-hmm. And he had to stop listening because he just had this strange sensation that as he was listening to us talk about any given topic, he would want to interject with his thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> had to be, already missed the train though. <laughs> so that definitely has happened before and will happen again. So that's going to take me some some time to get used to. But uh, you know, I'm just as curious as anyone else to see where Gundam will go in the future, hopefully for many more years. And you never know where the future will take you. And maybe after a couple of years of semi-retirement, I might want to get into podcasting again. You never (laughs) know. The book might bite. I said at the end of Chaos Theater that uh, I can't guarantee that there won't ever not be an episode 126 of chaos theater Mm -hmm. or that i might do something entirely different who knows because i I really do love podcasting and i don't think it's something i could ever get completely out of my system which is why you'll still hear me from time to time for a special topic yeah we'll keep you seat warm sir (laughs) (laughs) well it's gonna it's gonna i'll tell you this much it'll be just as tough as it is uh for you when you're talking it's going to be tough for us because one of the dynamics that's interesting is you know when you're doing this for three with three people for so many years Mm -hmm. that's why sometimes when you would hear us with guests it wasn't that um you know it, it sometimes always wasn't the easiest because after a while when you're doing this stuff with people for so long you're able to follow the cues even though we're not in the same room a lot of times we're able to almost anticipate pauses or things that are going to be done and things like that. And it's tough to do. So I think even me and Solbro will be wanting to see, you know, oh, what, what would Chris think? <laughs> what would Chris say about this? I think, uh, I think you guys will do fine. I mean, oh, yeah, we'll be Sol- fine. But Sol- Solbro and I had to um, adapt during your work absence, and we yeah. certainly got some fun out of the joke of, uh, hey, Neil, what do you think? And then, <laughs> so, if you guys want to do that next episode just for shits and giggles for, for a little bit, you know, feel uh, feel free to. Oh, I already yeah. planned on it. <laughs> run, run that joke into the ground oh. while it's good. To the nub. <laughs> right. But good times. Anything else you guys wanted to mention before we wrap this up? No, I'm good. I just want to thank everyone who has listened over the course of the decade because we wouldn't be able to do this show if there weren't fans listening to it. Exactly. And uh, my, my sentiments exactly. Many thanks to Chris for being a part of this madness and uh, and still being a part of this madness, uh, a part-time. And uh, also, uh, Neil, anything you want to mention? Well, no. Like I said, I just want to you know thank Chris, thank Solbro, me and Solbro. We got a little bit of work to do, but I, don't th- I think it's not going to be uh, too much of an issue. We'll be able to um, go and uh, go this route. And, um, you know, thank you, everybody, for your support. Have a safe uh, holiday. Um, holidays, actually. Um, and, uh, you know, here's for uh, 2018. Better, better, being better than 2017. So. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> but- <laughs> But thank you guys. We're out of here. Make sure to check out mahq.net, the Mecha Anime headquarters, Gundam.net, uh, the home for the podcast as well, and also MechaTalk.net, the official forums of MAHQ. Don't sleep on it. Check them all out. In the meantime, thank you for listening to episode 193 of Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time.
How you doing, Nate? It's Ranger Lambert. Are you having a laugh? Well, this is a military base. You remember how that works? Ranger Pentecost. And you must be Amara Nemania. Yes, sir. Ranger, sir. Well, let's get you squared away. Oh, and uh, try not to steal anything while you're here. Did that haircut just call you Pentecost? As in badass stacker Pentecost? Pilot of Coyote Tango, hero of basically the whole world? It's just a name. Yeah, a really cool name. Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. Hey, think you've seen it all in lasers? Because you haven't seen jack shit. Introducing the Tough Blade Pro. The world's first handheld bioreplication device. Using our patented laser-based system, the MicroTouch will scan every pore of your face at an anatomic level and store your genetic blueprint for replication. When it comes to replication, just pop on the laser and boom, it's just science. Entire face is lit up. And you slice it with lasers? Simply apply the heat-dampening cream shield and let the TouchBlade Pro collect your genetic sample with ease. Functioning at a previously impossible frequency of 7,000 micro-vibrations per minute, the Tough Blade removes a single layer of skin, which is digitally analyzed, and transferred to the nearest cloning facility by lasers. Experience replication so perfect, even your clone can't tell the difference. Once complete, your new replica will be equipped with a small arms package and a free micro tough blade of their own in order to maximize the lifespan of your strain. Each additional clone produced using the micro touch will shave one year of service from your contract with the laser core. Isn't that right, Brett Favera? But that's not all. Not even close. Toughblade also includes a secondary non-laser-based light source to assist with effective replication in zero visibility conditions. A standard system purge to prevent your genetic blueprint from becoming compromised. And German steel. Order right now and we'll include the precision gene trimmer. Keep your clones free from your grotesque imperfections, such as neck moles, ear mites, unruly nose hair, Inside burns. Blast yourself in the face with lasers today and become the clone army of tomorrow. Tough Blade Pro. See the quality, see the value, and now, see the light. Hello. This is Brett Favre Actual. I repeat, this is the real Brett Favre. Broadcasting across all frequencies. If you can hear me, you've all been tricked. This world is a lie. But the resistance is real. Be strong and stay true to yourself. You must resist. Stand by for further communication. Barb out.